Welcome to the Elevating Athletes podcast, where we talk about raising up athletes to succeed in sports and life. This podcast is for anyone involved in helping athletes achieve their dreams, from parents, coaches, sports medicine teams, or anyone else that guides athletes to success. Thanks for joining us. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Elevating Athletes podcast. Um, This is Dr. Emily Skipper from Puckett Physical Therapy, and I will be your host um, on the podcast today. I'd like to introduce to you guys a very special guest that we have here, Dr. Travis Batts. Dr. Batts is a preventive preventative cardiologist at Wilford Hall Ambulatory Surgical Center. So we'll start, um, Dr. Batts, with just telling us a little bit more about what you do. Well, well, first off, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's, we know, appreciate she, you being here. She didn't say she's a great doctor of physical therapy either, but <laughs> but no, I um, as you mentioned, I'm a cardiologist with a focus on prevention. And, and the way that, I won't say I fell into that, it was more when I looked at kind of the, the way that medicine was shifting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we oftentimes are very retroactive. Right, We find people with an illness or with a disease, and we say, hey, we need to fix it. Well, why not address it before it happens? Similar to prehab, right? Yeah, before, before I break something, show me how to keep from breaking it. And so that's how I moved into prevention. Then in that same space, you know, I'm an athlete. Maybe we'll get to that in the interview, or at least I think I am. And really, I wanted to optimize what I did physically. Now, whether you're a master's athlete or an up-and-coming, you know, uh, NC2A athlete or even professional athlete, you need to establish uh, a certain level of health. And so that's where the sports cardiology piece came in. Um, And again, my organization is very motivated on on optimizing health uh, across the gamut of of folks that do. So I'm a preventive cardiologist with this focus on sports, nutrition, and imaging, so if you, so it's a mouthful, but uh, it, it's what keeps me busy every day. Yeah, very nice. Um, I like the point that you made about um, being proactive versus being reactive. Right. Something that we focus on quite a mm-hmm. quite a bit here in our <laughs> practice as well. Yep. So, uh, love that idea. Um, so you mentioned kind of your experience with nutrition. Tell us a little bit more about what sport nutrition is, or sports nutrition. Right, and, and again, if you were to Google it, there's not a hard, fast definition. But when I think about sports nutrition, as with everything, what's the purpose of the food that you put in your body? Mm-hmm. You say, well, well, I'm hungry, that's why I eat. Well, with sports, I think that your purpose is either going to be performance, recovery, or stabilization, right? One of those spaces, the same way that we look at rehab and training. And I think we, we think about food as this, um, you know, kind of natural, I know I'm going to know what to eat, right? But, uh, and I know we've talked about it, the understanding of, of how your body responds to the food or fuel that you put into it is uniquely important in what outcomes you get in terms of performance, in terms of what you do. So sports nutrition as a whole, um, as a definition is an intentional way of approaching your diet however that is now I don't know you you'll hear me talk about some benefits of a plant forward diet a little bit later but uh, overall it's just intentional eating to attain whatever your performance target may be most definitely so that's so how trying I to define. meet specific goals yes and, and things like that I yeah. agree yes all right um so 
you have your hands in lots of moving pieces um, <laughs> of you know doing some coaching for track um, right. being an athlete yourself you know throughout high school college and all that mm-hmm. um, so around a lot a lot of different age athletes and everything and then just within your profession itself right. on average how common would you say um, it is that you see that athletes pro- or follow proper nutrition guidelines follow okay that's a that's a good one i like that question because you gave me you gave me some wiggle room you said on average so i would say just an understanding of nutrition just as a population Mm -hmm. is fairly limited right there was a a couple of studies that came out one of them talked to basically nc2a athletes largely football players to say where do they get their sports nutrition from number one answer coaches right then when you look at coaches where do they get their training from other coaches. Not to say that coaches don't have a background. I mean, in in nutrition, it is just understanding how to apply those things. When you look across the spectrum of just the general population of what their understanding of nutrition is, it's limited. Let me ask you this. How many nutrition courses did you take in high school? In high school, none. None, right? Zero. Now, I know as you progressed in your career, you took more, but on average, do you know how many hours over a four-year period are taught in medical school about nutrition to doctors, right? That should be the experts. How many hours on average? I would probably say like one to three. Exactly, right? So over a four-year period, most times, most nutrition curriculum is less than 12. Less than 12. And these are the people that, and when I say nutrition in medical school, it's not what you eat, it's the biochemistry Mm -hmm. of nutrition, which is different than how you explain to someone, hey, at this phase, you need to eat more carbohydrates. Or at this phase, you need to eat an anti-inflammatory diet because you're recovering from injury. It is delving in that deeply to understand how it impacts you. So as a whole, I think it is it is low. I think, and, and I think now, as we start to look at the impact of recovery and how important that is, which is, I won't say it's new, but it's new to me, that is a key component of your overall performance triad, right? The training component, the nutritional component, and the recovery component. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know, like, as a PT, we get um, occasionally, I would say, working in the realm with athletes, um, specifically here at our clinic, we get a little bit more of a healthier population. So sometimes not as many of those questions on nutrition and things like that. However, it is still very important, Um, you know, especially when you're thinking about performance training and things Mm -hmm. like that. If you're constantly just feeding (laughs) your body terrible things, um, you're not necessarily helping yourself. Um, And, you know, I would, you, you mentioned you feel like on average, everything is really low of, you know, these kids that are following proper nutrition guidelines. I would agree with that as well, just based on what I've seen. And then also from, you know, personal experience Mm -hmm. um, as being high school athlete and everything too. So um, how this is kind of a, we just talked about performance. So great to kind of gear into our next question. how does proper nutrition enhance sports performance? Wow, see, I was waiting on that question. You <laughs> knew I was. So, again, we talked about that whole training, recovery, and then nutrition, right? And how mm-hmm. those nutrition encompasses both, right? So when you're training, and, and you know this, and heck, she, she's my PT, so she told me, right? She said, <laughs> hey, we got to lengthen and strengthen, right? So we got to break down some things, and then we got to build some things up. Well, again, and we have this mindset that, 
eating healthy for sports means dumping a lot of protein in. Well, mm-hmm. you know, your body can only use a certain amount. The rest gets excreted, right? And yep. so understanding how important it is to have the carbohydrates for energy, understanding that it is important to have those proteins, but also to add in some antioxidants to decrease inflammation. It is how they all work together, I think, is important. Then understanding the phasic or the, the periodization that occurs with what nutrition you eat, when you eat it, the timing of meals, and how to have a strategy towards nutrition, I think is important. And that's where experts such as yourself, um, you know, can provide a framework with, with for which an athlete or a family member can work in. But oftentimes, it's going to require, and people hate, you know, getting a nutritionist or visiting with a nutritionist to help you structure your meal. The one thing that I think is also important, just like how you personalize workouts for me as I'm healing a hamstring or doing something like that, I think nutrition in in a larger sense has to be personalized as well. And not to make this be complex, I mean, my hat says, you know, you know, uncomplicated, right? And, I, and, I, and I'll talk later on, I'll give you kind of my simple strategy that I tell people to start with. But understanding that when you personalize your nutritional plan, that, that takes some work. Meaning it's not something you think up on a Saturday and you start doing it Sunday. It is, sure. it is a very uh, forward-thinking approach to, to making nutrition work for you. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's my quick, and I know it wasn't that quick, but that's my quick approach to, to thinking about nutrition in a personalized, individual way. So. Yeah, absolutely, which makes a big, a big difference for sure. Um, and, you know, you you pointed out, same thing with rehab, it's not going to be the same for, for each person, right. and um, just kind of goes back to what you mentioned in the beginning about trying to meet specific goals, mm-hmm. and that's going to be different for everyone. Right. So. All right, so we talked about enhancing sports performance. Mm -hmm. Um, How important would you say that nutrition is from a recovery standpoint? Well, you know, if I were to say which is more important, I think they all are equally as important. Mm -hmm. And this comes from somebody who didn't value the importance of recovery as much, right? And, And as I'm understanding, you can train as much as you want, but if you don't allow your body to heal or you don't give it the nutrition that it needs to heal at certain processes, you increase your risk of injury. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that happens, whether you, you want to perform, you want to get recruited to perform, you want to do any of these, if you're not on the field, the court, the track, guess what? You're not, they're not going to see you, right? It, it, is, it is one of those things. So from a recovery standpoint, it's important to structure your nutrition. And with this one, it's more timing right and i won't say more timing but timing is important meaning if you're trying to recover post if you want to say when is my body the most avid or or, or has the highest affinity to take that protein glucose transporter and bring those into the cells is right after a workout that first 30 minutes right and so finding something that you can get in your body easy that is easy for you if it requires you to have a special blender and you got to do this that's a little bit more work right so you're less apt to do that so find things that work for you if you are recovering and you're sore right that means you could do protein but again that's going to be those tendons and those attachments and so for me usually i say hey find some antioxidants whether that's through a juice through natural uh i say natural through fruits um and i said natural because a lot of people think well well, dr bass i take a multivitamin you know which is great but we know at least from a cardiovascular disease prevention we know that eating real food has a much better uptake in the body 
Not to say stop taking your vitamins or those type things, but I always encourage people to go to real food first. Takes a bit longer to process. Exactly, and, and you get a whole lot of other things. So if you're looking for vitamin C, that's great. You can take a tablet, but what you're missing outside of eating that orange or that banana or tomatoes or something like that is you're missing the fiber, you're missing the, the, the lycopenes, the other things that come with it that also has those beneficial effects. And I'm not just saying that because I'm plant forward, hint, hint, but <laughs> it's one of those things where there, there's so many other what we call pleiotrophic, meaning effects that other than the direct effects or benefits that you get, that you get from eating whole foods. So, so that's my mindset, and whether it's in the training phase or in the recovery phase, kind of taking those strategies and applying them to your diet, I think are going to be uh, integral to, to your overall success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we recently did some injury prevention, um, kind of warm-up training with a local basketball club, and then we also talked about sleep hygiene as okay. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the questions that we got from the coaches, which I think carries over exactly into this conversation today um, was how do we have you know time to do these things so this is going to be in reference to the sleep hygiene talk that we had from them of talking about you know really want to get eight to nine hours of sleep a night when um, you have these athletes that they go to school all day and then you practice after school and then maybe you're potentially doing some other skill specific training right. or things like that or you have parents that have multiple kids that they're trying to shuffle mm-hmm. around from different sports which you have some experience with right. that as well yes, um, so how do you like what tips do you have to help fit in um fit in like meeting proper nutrition for busy families or families that are juggling um time time amongst their kids and things like that Mm. so I definitely feel like that can be an excuse sometimes like I think about like I'll stop at Chick-fil-a exactly right so we'll just pick up something easy and yeah no I mean great question by the way because a lot of times we think about it on the on that small scale is me doing the nutrition or something like Mm -hmm. that but in large part it is a family developing a nutritional strategy for the athlete but as well as the siblings and and the family Mm -hmm. so you know it's one of those things and I'll and I'll talk about this after is for my patients when they come in and say what are my first steps on just eating healthier right so it's a program that I have it's 12 weeks and it's not anything you know where you got to buy it's just a thought process Mm -hmm. and it's sfcc size frequency composition and choice so size really just focuses on understanding the impact of portion sizes right understanding that you know how much protein do you need per meal well about the palm of your hand now whatever that protein choice is of course i'm plant forward so i use plant protein but whatever that is right lean protein source and they say well you know i'm not going to be eating lean protein after practice no but if you're you know taking in a protein supplement or something Mm -hmm. like that right so size understanding portion size frequency you know whether you do intermittent fasting and most times i don't i won't say i don't recommend but i would steer kids away from that approach until you're a little bit older simply because you can't predict kind of when you're going to have that nutrition. So intentional eating is what I say, right? So intentional, meaning that if you wake up at X and you have a morning practice, well, have your first meal right after or have something before to kind of give you that energy through and then break up the remainder of your meals throughout your feeding period. Sounds crazy, but if you're up from six to 10, break those up with your last meal 
coming at least three hours before you go to bed. Because what happens is when you eat too close to your bedtime, and you know, not, not that Aura paid me anything, but this is the Aura, and it'll tell me, hey, your body still was ramped up. Well, whenever I eat late, your body still has to process that food, so you never truly get to relax. So try to eat at least two to three hours prior to going to bed. And so when you break your meals up like that, that helps you with that frequency. Now we talk about composition. Composition just means when you think about the standard American diet or the standard American plate, half the plate is, you know, some sort of gravy, meat, not anything's wrong with that, um, per se. <laughs> this is the cardiologist in me trying to trying to toggle that line, right? Yeah. Some vegetable carved, pushed off into the corner, and some starch. All I say is, when you look at the composition of the plate, how about shift it? How about add more fresh fruits and vegetables, right? Still get that protein. It'll fit within that portion size and the starch that you need. That way you're doing, you're adding things to your, to your diet that'll flow through your system much more quickly. And again, from a performance standpoint, you don't have that bulk or heavy thing. And from a caloric standpoint, you're getting high quality, essentially fuel in your body. And then the last thing is choice. Whatever you choose, whether you're plant forward like me, pescatarian, you know, eat an omnivore diet. Either way, make better choices on how to prepare food. If you have the opportunity to bake, you know, bake. Air fry if you're going to fry. If you got to fry, use oils that, again, don't have um, the, the amount of negative deleterious effects. Now, I know this wasn't a dietary discussion, but it's starting with that as your framework. And then you say, well, Dr. Bass, how do I do that as a family? Well, you got to plan. Usually, and that's why I make SFCC 12 weeks, because every week I tell them to Google your favorite meal and put vegetarian or put vegan or put pescatarian in front of it. And so that way, after 12 weeks, guess what you have? You've got 12 meals that you've Googled, and now you start to plan to say, okay, every Monday we're going to have this, every Tuesday. And then, you know, I know parents hate to say it, meal prep. Right. Meal, and, and when you meal prep with that. So for me, I'll give you an example. So I have uh, my oldest daughter. She played Division One volleyball. My son plays high school football. I have a younger daughter playing club volleyball. I do uh, the bulk of the cooking. And so I'll make two protein options. I'll make a large amount of starch and then we'll have two or three different vegetable options. I typically try to cook that on Saturdays or Sundays because outside of, you know, having a you know, like an individualized training or, or church or something like that, we have a fair amount of time. Then, whether the kids like it or not, they're going to eat these leftovers, right? But you can repurpose leftovers. And so I know that they're getting good nutrition because the one challenge with um, only utilizing school nutrition and only utilizing fast food is ultimately you don't know what's going into that food. Not that anything nefarious or, or bad is going into it. It's just for that food to stay fresh that long, you know that they've got to have preservatives. You know that they got to yeah, have those absolutely. things. And those are the things. And again, I know that was two strategies, but but that's the approach I would take. And I wouldn't rush it, right? I mean, and I tell, you know, just like I tell my, my cardiac patients, I say, well, you know, you've been, you know, you've been beating your body up for 40 years. You expect me to fix it in four days. Now, I mean, not that I don't, I want to delay it, but let's take a more deliberate approach so that we not only change what you do, we change how you think. And that's the key. It's a mindset shift in how you approach nutrition. And then finally, again, we oftentimes will we'll prioritize other things, but we often prioritize what others incentivize, right? So if there's an incentive, and you know that incentive, if better performance, reduced injury, improved overall health down the road, that should be an incentive to prioritize what you eat and how you recover. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so while we're on kind of the topic of um, throwing out some tips here, what are some good kind of quick snacks or things that uh, you recommend prior to a training session or prior to practice or something like that? All right, so you never can go wrong. So on my ride over here, I had now not that I'm an advocate for supplements and shakes, but if you can't get anything, right, mm-hmm. understand how to get you an inexpensive blender, you know, throw some fresh fruit in there, a scoop of protein. Now, I will say, you know, for me, I have to be careful about the supplemental protein I take because a lot of the protein sometimes tastes good because it's got a lot of sodium, and so I have to watch the mm-hmm. sodium, but something quick. But even, you know, a fruit juice. Um, when I say a fruit juice, not a sugar-sweetened fruit juice, yeah. a natural fruit juice. Other things, people don't like it, carrots, celery. I'm a big fan of natural nitrates. You say, why natural nitrates? Well, when you train and when you exercise, you need you know, blood flow. Well, if you can dilate your blood vessels with natural nitrates through celeries, pistachios, various things, beet juices actually, or beetroot powder or other things, you say, well, I want this simple fix. So for, for most kids I, or most youth, I'll say, you know, get you some unsweetened peanut butter, some carrots, an apple, something quick that your body can take those carbohydrates, use them as fuel, Mm -hmm. take that uh, peanut butter, use the fat in the peanut butter to give you more sustained energy, and, you know, it'll burn through your body and you'll be all right. Post-workout, I usually recommend kind of getting 15 to 20 grams, and this is getting more specific, but something from a protein standpoint, right? Because you have the affinity to pull that stuff in, allow your muscles, the amino acids to repair and do those type things. And then for your dinner, of course, hopefully you've planned that in advance so you kind of know what you're eating at that point. But yeah, quick snacks, you, you don't want them to be too heavy. You definitely don't you know, want to stay away from, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm plant forward, but you want to stay for, away from the milks, the cheeses. I mean, I, I coach track, I can always know who had the pizza and the cheeseburger when we decided to run 400 stuff yeah, <laughs> that day. Absolutely. So I, I would think some, some fresh fruit and vegetables. If you can't get that, uh, a healthy bar, uh, even juices if you can make them. And again, pre- preferably the ones that aren't uh, sugar-sweetened, just naturally sweetened juices um, are a good start. Uh, but again, that is a supplement. That shouldn't be your meal, right? That yeah, shouldn't be your absolutely. meal. So that, that's what I would say. I won't stop there because my brain is going, why don't you say this? Why don't you do that? Because there's a lot of good options out there. No, I think that's definitely good information and, and helpful for parents and athletes to hear so um, they kind of get some ideas of where to start. Right. I think that's a big thing, too, is mm-hmm. a lot of times we just don't know where to start. Right. You know that it's a good it's a good thought process and it's a good idea to implement, but how exactly do we do it? Get it going, right, so, exactly. Um, I know, I'll admit, I'm not a big veggie eater. And you told me. I know, I know. <laughs> and there's a lot of kids or youth athletes out there, I'd say, that tend to be really picky. What tips do you have for those pickier eaters All that right. we still want to... Um, still want them to have some good good nutrition in, in them. Well, first I would say get over. No, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. No, I, I would say variety, right? We say variety is a spice life. Try different things, right? So, for instance, you know, if you say, Dr. Bass, I can't do the carrot. I can't do the celery. I can't do the cucumber. I need something sweet. Great. Well, try some grapes, try some strawberries, try some blueberries. If you want to get fancy with the grapes, freeze them, right? Then you got what tastes like Jolly Ranchers. Now, they're going to be a little cold, but that'll also cool your body down. Put some grapes and some lemon in water, right? When you finish drinking the water and they've cooled down the water, well, now you got a nice treat. So I would say start there and then slowly implement. So something that um, 
we do, a, I won't say a lot, but fairly, um, is we might take some apple, chop that up, take a little bit pieces of carrots, put that in the apple. And so now you're going to get, so it's the same texture, essentially, the same crunch. You will get a different mix, but after you start to say, okay, well, maybe this apple and carrot mix isn't bad. If you want to get a little, little spicy with it, you know, squeeze a little bit of lemon on. So now you, and so it's just trying some different things. I mean, and, and for me, it is because I, I do like vegetables. I, you know, mm-hmm. I typically don't like salad dressing because I like the taste of of this of the the lettuce i like the taste of the onions i enjoy the tomatoes some people don't and so as you do it i would say try different things you know uh the grocery store has great options and don't buy the big costco <laughs> version of it yeah. try something small and do different things with it whether it's freezing it or getting a dipping sauce that you can make at home there's a um, a lot of different uh, options where you can actually make and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek because it's going to create some sugary snacks, but you can take avocado, a little bit of sugar, and, and maybe some other things, blend that together, mm-hmm. and have a little dip if you want, right? A, a little, you know, a delicious dip that will also take some of that flavor off. And then once you acclimate yourself to the flavor of that, you won't you won't need that dip. So that's what I would say. Test some different things. I'm going to have to bring you some snacks. I'll bring you some snacks so you can try. And, right, I'll look forward to it. And that. I'm kicking myself because I didn't mention probably one of my good protein, good fat, um, not so much on the carb, but good good energy. I know you know what I'm thinking about. Nuts. Yeah, Easy. absolutely. They travel well. I talked about pistachios with natural nitrates. Um, again, walnuts, their, their effects outside of just kind of giving you the protein, you know, blood pressure lowering effects, um, uh, you know, different um, kind of fats in them to allow your body to have more more energy. So again, if you want to try some nuts, then you could do some different things with the nuts. What I like to do, don't tell anybody, this is probably one of my <laughs> guilty pleasures, is I'll take some nuts, heat up the oven to about 350, you know, put a little olive oil on them, mix them together, sprinkle a little cinnamon, shh, a little bit of sugar, maybe a little bit of honey, don't tell anybody. But then you got a healthy treat. I've controlled uh, what I've put on them. I didn't add any salt to them. I typically will get unsweetened. But then, you know, I got cinnamon sugar, cinnamon and honey walnuts. And again, you can buy big bags and, and make that affordable and, and easy. You can pre-basically um, measure those. Get your measuring cup and say, I know one-fourth cup of walnuts is about 200 calories. I need a 200-calorie, you know, high-protein, high-fat right before I train. Boom. One fourth yeah. cup, boom, you're good. Put it in a small Ziploc bag. You got you got power for days. You got yeah, energy for days. Quick and easy, quick right and there. easy, right there. Yeah. You can make that for all the kids or all your friends or however you want to do it. For easy sure. to go. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, still continued good advice. Um, now I know you've mentioned your plant forward diet a few times, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? All right, you you made me wait on this one because you did, know I've been I waiting did. to jump. <laughs> So plant forward. So if you all don't know, I am plant based, meaning I choose um, not to eat animal. And it wasn't an overnight thing. Right. When I was 10, I stopped eating beef and pork simply because uh, in North Carolina, they let you see how they're processed. And uh, I made a conscious decision (laughs) at that point to say I'm fine. But as you can imagine, as a high school athlete and then a division one athlete, it was a challenge meeting that macro or that protein uh, source that I needed. And so I did supplement probably more than than I would have liked. You know, me looking back says, man, if there was a way I could have have done it a little bit better. 
I transitioned at that point to largely a pescatarian diet, which is fish as my primary protein source, which again, whichever you choose is fine. But for me, it was easy. It was low cost. Um, and I didn't mind taking a can of albacore tuna that I know had, you know, 30 grams of protein in it. And I could just pound that zero fat and be done and, and get on with yeah. my work. But being plant forward, and I use that term as opposed to vegan, um, not because uh, vegan has some negative connotation, but I think people think something else, meaning that, um, y- you know, my, my thought process about it um, is more than just about the food. But plant forward means that you make a conscious decision to, number one, be intentional about what you put in your body. Number two, understand what you put in your body has implications, so intention and implications. And then number three is that overall, when when you shift to a plant forward diet, there is an idea, right? So intention, um, implication, and an idea about where you want your nutrition to go. So whether you say, well, you know, could, could I be plant forward and still eat meat? Well, there are what we call flexitarians, right? Sounds, sounds funny, but it's where you're flexible. But the whole goal is to reduce the need for animal products into your diet in a way. Now, there are, you know, harder, faster definitions, but usually I say, again, taking those steps to reduce your intake of processed foods, reduce or decrease, eliminate your intake of sugary sweetened beverages, decrease your intake of, again, carbonated, uh, you know, beverages and different things that we know break down the body. And, and by doing that, you'll start to see and then increase the amount of, again, fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet. And I think if many people espouse that, that would um, probably lend themselves to better outcomes. Now you say, well, is there research behind it? Sure. So I'm a part of the American College of Cardiology's um, kind of National Nutritional Working Group underneath the Prevention Council. So we're a group of cardiologists, uh, healthcare professionals, and different folks who have a focus on nutrition, but largely through the lens of preventing cardiovascular disease. The group is headed by some of this nation's biggest names. Like, I'm humbled every time I get on a call or yeah, run in with them. But some of the biggest names, you've seen them in um, shows like The Game Changer. You know, Dr. Kim mm-hmm. Williams, Neil Barnhart, one of the leaders in uh, kind of plant-forward or vegan, uh, you know, nutrition. And, and again, they have, you know, massive um, kind of research. But um, the research that we came out with a couple years ago that's been published in Runner's World, uh, Men's Magazine, is a study on the benefits of a plant-based diet in endurance athletes. And what we found that there were four or five key benefits. Number one, decreased inflammation. Number two, improved overall athletic performance um, because, remember we talked about vasodilation and getting more mm-hmm. blood flow. Uh, number three, increased lean muscle mass. Sounds But when you lose weight and you maintain that muscle through eating plant-based proteins, you increase lean muscle mass. Uh, Number four, it decreased the formation of oxide radicals. Those are the things that after you train hard, they start to attack your body. It's your body's way of saying, stop training, leave me alone, and do those type things, right? So it decreased that formation. And then finally, overall, what it did is it improved your cardiovascular health. Now, as much as I want to be an athlete, and I'm a master's athlete, I'm a little beyond kind of making it to the Olympics, but as much as I want to do that, 
again, remember I told you, you got to have that intention. I know that down the road, I still want to be able to do the things that I want to do. Absolutely. So understanding that my performance won't be enhanced, understanding that my recovery will be improved, understanding that the soreness and the breakdown products that occur will be decreased, understanding that my lean muscle mass goes up, and overall, that I will improve my cardiovascular health. I don't, I don't see why else you would pick anything. So, yeah. so again, I know, and I'm going to stop because you, if you get me going, talk about a plant-based diet, I will get go crazy. We have some other research coming down the pipe that that we're looking at its role in strength training athletes. But I don't know if you recall um, the Tennessee Titans, their defensive line when they made that big run a couple years ago. They switched to a largely a plant-forward diet. When you look at athletes who are looking to have a bit more longevity and decreased joint pain, they're they're shifting whether it's NFL. MBA or those type of things. I know folks will say, well, what about injuries? These people, again, I think the sport's intrinsic nature, whether it be football, are going to have injuries, but making conscious decisions about your long-term health, I think are going to be very important. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, I think another, another good thing for us to talk about today is um, what are some good resources for people to look into? So um, obviously we're providing good information, or I should right. say you are providing good we information today. Right? Um, but, you know, sometimes we can get in trouble on the world of Google when we look <laughs> into things where um, not necessarily the most most beneficial resources. Right. Do you have um, Do you have any ideas of things that, that we could yes. offer to our listeners here? So I've already mentioned, so anyone that's thinking about it and really thinking about it from an athletic perspective, I think we talked about it, a good video, uh, a, good, a good movie, again, it's on Netflix, Game Changers. Mm-hmm. It'll give you a good baseline. And I wouldn't try to digest it all at once. I would say, as for coaches out there, I would say maybe watch the first 10 minutes and, and see. They're going to want to keep going, but create some conversation. Then maybe watch, just, just break it up and understand that it can give you a framework to change that mindset. Next, I would say, well, what re- how do I find meals or, or structuring things? So I'll give you my medical answer, what I tell my patients, and then I'll give you the athlete answer, right? Which, which can, they, they can intertwine. So the Physicians Council for Responsible Medicine, it's a group, again, uh, Dr. Neil Barnhart heads it, but their website has a ton of free resources for families, for folks looking to transition to a whole food plant-based diet, for folks just looking at different ideas for different meals. Uh, the Association of Black Cardiologists, they actually have a cookbook. Not a ton of recipes, but again, it gives you an idea on how to develop framework. And you can uh, go to their website or Google Association of Black Cardiologists or PCRM.org is the other one that I just mentioned, um, where you can go there and find those things. Finally, just from an athlete perspective, there is, um, and again, I should have probably, a movement. It is the No Meat Athlete. So if you, if you look that up on Google, they'll have various different things. And I get... Um, you know, an email that talks about different dietary strategies. It'll talk about how to do, how to increase mass if you're looking to increase mass from a squat and weightlifting standpoint, you know, what to eat or how to supplement. It'll talk about, you know, for instance, I made a, it's going to sound crazy, a Chipotle walnut black bean burger. Zero fat, right? I think 0.50, minimal fat. Each patty, ready for this? 32 grams of protein. 32 grams of protein, and again, you cook it like a burger. You add your toppings. It was delicious. I even snuck one in on my kids. They don't know it. They ate it. They ate it. Now, they realized they saw me eating it. They said, that 
oh no, what did you do? But <laughs> it was too late. They had eaten half the burger. Yeah. So I think those would be good starters. So game changers, if you need that visual, right? That visual and that auditory. And then PCRM.org, uh, just for global health, thinking about ways to transition your diet. And then the Association of Black Cardiologists, again, that cookbook that's there. And then No Meat Athlete. Those, that'll be a good starting point. And then if they want to reach out to me, they can at www.drdrtravisbats.com. And again, there if they say, hey, you know, send me the information that you talked about or send me that clinical trial that you talked about about endurance athletes, and we'll shoot that out to them. But, sure. um, but no, th- hopefully that, that gives them a good starting point. But, um, and then working with folks such as yourself, um, you know, what you all do here, and I can't, you know, and I know this isn't about you, but you've done wonders just for my own health uh, and the way that I think about being intentional with eating and recovery and those type things. So definitely talking to experts such as yourself is another great resource to assist them as they move forward uh, in their journey. Well, we appreciate that feedback there. Thank you very much. Um, All right, I have one last question, I think, Uh um, that kind of popped into my mind as we were talking. Uh, You have thrown thrown out the idea of, you know, different supplements and things like that as well. Um, I would say that kind of from what we've seen on a kind of fad type perspective Mm -hmm. is um, you get lots of things that get thrown out into social media or things that are promoted by professional athletes that all these, Mm -hmm. you know, younger kids like to follow and things like that. Um, What are some things for, we'll talk about kind of the youth athlete in particular that you would say to be careful and cautious around supplement wise right so the first thing i would say and i have this discussion you mentioned you i have this discussion across the gamut whether it's the youth athlete or the master's athlete right Mm -hmm. supplements and you said it are supplements Mm -hmm. They supplement an already healthy diet. So most of the nutrition that you should be getting should be coming from your, your, from your diet. A supplement isn't a replacement. And I think that's where we run into many of the problems, mm-hmm. right? If, if I say, you know what, I'm just not going to eat. I'm going to have shakes all day. And, which, which, and I know there are some athletes, even one that I follow. He's got some great workouts. I'm not going to... But that's his approach. He drinks shakes all day, and he might have a meal in the evening. For younger athletes, so supplements are supplements. So start with a good base nutrition. Now, this is where I can kind of branch out in a couple different ways. And I'll I'll talk about one first and then the second. Hopefully, I'm not going too long. Maybe we can break this up. So one strategy would be is see a nutritionist. I know it sounds like, but I would say start with a base diet. Use a program or an app like MyFitnessPal. See what you're getting. See what you're eating. Be intentional, right? And then say, okay, I just don't feel like I'm reaching my performance goals. I'm too tired at the end of a workout. See a nutritionist and see if there's something in You say, well, Dr. Bez, we don't have money. We got five kids in sports. We can't pay for a nutritionist. No problem. Take that information and say, okay, look at what you're eating. You got to be intentional. And now say, how are you spacing those meals out? What are you doing there? Because it isn't to say add a supplement. As you can see, I still hadn't said what supplements to, because I want you to have a good baseline foundation of nutrition. Let's just say you've done everything. You've spaced the meals out. You're eating intentional, but you still don't have that. Well, now the answer isn't always protein. It might be timing of when your meals are. It might be those things. So now as you move forward, you said, what things should they be worried about? 
I would say, and and I say this because because you know, in full disclosure, in college, I was a supplement. Uh, if I, if you saw my my table in my room, it was filled with supplements. Whether it was uh, creatine monohydrate, whether it was supplemental protein, whether it was pre workout, whether it was post workout, whether it was fat, you know, Zenadrin. Sh- I shouldn't say that. I was I, I took a lot of that stuff. Um, and from a look standpoint, I felt great, right? I think I had a 4% body fat. Um, I was doing great, but whenever it would come time to hit peak performance, that same hamstring you're working on now, <laughs> it would remind me, hey, you didn't put what I needed in you, and, and, um, yeah. and, and it would create a problem. So I would just say, after creating that base of good foundation, make sure you decide what you need. You gotta drink water. You gotta hydrate, right? And, it, and it's not, well, I'll drink, a, drink water. Right. Get what you need from a hydration to because then if you take supplements and you're not properly hydrated, guess what? They can't distribute the way that they need to your body. So they won't even work as well. Right. So you got to drink water. So that's that next. So once you get a good base, drink the water you need. Right. Now we go into supplements. And what I'll do is I would start. You ready for this? It doesn't need to be fancy. You don't see it promoted. Get a multivitamin. It sounds crazy, not sexy at all. You don't see people, multivitamin man, you're not going to see that. Yeah, absolutely. But get a multivitamin, and that'll fill in a lot of the gaps. And if you still are looking for things, right, if you still, I would say be careful of your pre-workouts. So um, I have the privilege, that same group we came out with, uh, kind of the top 10 nutritional controversies. We've, we've come out, now we're on... Uh, our third or fourth iteration. And one thing we identified was energy drinks, pre-workout supplements. You ready for this? I'm going to say this and you probably will strike it off. They kill people, right? Particularly young people who, uh, you know, go outside in the heat and train and have not hydrated. They cause everything from arrhythmia, heart attack, coronary vasospasm. That's where your heart artery spasms and even sudden death, right? And that's where I, I do get a little more serious. That should not be part of your regimen. If you know, again, as you get older and you make whatever decisions you want to make, that is. But I would stay away from those because, again, if you need to get up to train, that means that you're probably not getting enough sleep. That's probably not getting enough water. You probably don't have a good base nutrition. I would stay away from from pre workout supplements. Um, other things to stay away from. I used to be anti creatine because of uh, how I used it. <laughs> um, now. Under the right proper guidance, I would talk to your coach, a nutritionist, um, uh, your physical therapist if you have one, and make sure that that's what you need, right? You may not need volume. You may not need mass because, again, you, you got to be intentional. Uh, you you got to know what the supplements are doing. Uh, it's just like my patients say, hey, you know, how do I know if this is a good you know, meal for me, a good thing to eat? I say, if you can't pronounce the ingredients in what you're about to put in your body, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. If you don't know what the supplement is doing to you, you know, research it first. But um, if, I, if I did have one that I would, because there's so many out there, I, I can't yeah. even know, but that would be the one that we've got research, and, I, and I'll sing you that, that says pre-workouts, energy drinks, those type things that have caffeine, taurine, mm-hmm. and those type things in, ex- in excessive amounts. Yeah. They, they are not good ideas for athletes. I'm going to say it on, on any level. Now, again, specifically younger folks, but again, my older folks that kind of had that pre-hypertension, again, that's that risk that they run, and that's where understanding how those interplay creates. And beetroot juice is a good supplement. If you wanted to volumize, increase your amp, and those type things, they work. They work. Doesn't taste as good. 
Very nice, very nice. Well, this was all super valuable information. Thank you. And we thank you very much for being here with us today. No um, so I know you already mentioned your website earlier, but if you don't mind leaving your contact information one Definitely. more time for, for everyone, um, I'll let you give that. All right. So, again, uh, the website is largely geared toward preventive cardiology, but we also do nutrition counseling, uh, fitness optimization, and those type of things. And it's www. Dot doctor, so Dr. Travis, T R A V I S, bats, B A T T S dot com. Um, uh, you also can find me on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Dr. Uh, Travis Bats, and uh, YouTube, Dr. Bats, the Lifestyle MD. Uh, again, we talk about uh, lifestyle medicine, uh, ways to improve your health through uh, intentional eating, mindfulness, exercise, social connectedness as well as enhancing sleep hygiene. So. Awesome, which is another great topic right, right. there. Thank you so. back for that one. For sure, for sure. All right, guys, well, thanks for listening today. Um, if y'all have any questions about any of the information I was provided, um, feel free to reach out to Dr. Batts. He's a really great guy. We appreciate him being here today, and thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Elevating Athletes podcast. Please support us by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends and family. See you on our next episode.